This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. That's really where relationships are built. That's really where discipleship can happen. That's really where we can exercise our gifts and minister one to another. So I want to encourage you uh, at the the 26th of this month to sign up for one of the small groups. Now we're talking this month about doing life together. Doing life together. Isn't that what a family's about? You know, today is Friends and Family Day and we're glad for all of our friends and family that are here. But we're also a family uh, because of we belong to God, don't we? We're the family of God. And we are called to do life together. Now, as I said before, in our culture here, historically here in America, uh, you know, we really emphasize the individual. And there's been a lot of benefit that's come out of that. We, we, you know, the individual freedom, in, the right to make some individual decisions and all that. And we're, we're very independent-minded, and that has uh, its benefits. But one of the things that it hurts us sometimes is we don't feel that we need to be connected in a relationship with other people. We think that we can just kind of do it on our own. But God did not make, we looked last week in all of God's creation, He said everything was good. You read over there in Genesis, He created this, the heavens, the stars, the ocean, the sea, everything He created. He said it's good, it's very good, until He looked at, at Adam and He said it's not good. Wow. And all that God created. Listen, Adam was made perfect. He was in a state of innocence. He had no sin. Nothing was wrong. He was a perfect man. But God said, it's not good. Why? Because he was alone. And so God uh, uh, created Eve. And it, together, God says, together, I want you. And it's interesting. He gave the mandate to subdue the earth after it was Adam and Eve. He didn't give it just to Adam. He said, it's not good. He's not ready yet for the mandate. He's not ready yet for his, to fulfill his purpose. But when Adam and Eve came together, he said, now you're ready. He said, go and subdue the earth. Wow. That was a big challenge for two people, wasn't it? So when God tells us at Passion Church to go and take your city in this region and make a difference for God and win people to Jesus and set the captive free and heal people. I mean, you can look around and say, well, we're not that very, very big. No, but I'm telling you, when God looks at it, if two people, he, he believed that two people could subdue the earth, what can 125 people do? Amen. So we're going to talk about the power and family of friends and especially about encouragement. Anybody ever felt discouraged or disappointment you ever had to face that in your life well then you know how important encouragement can be man it's like oxygen to somebody that's drowning it's I mean you know it's so important that we understand the power of encouragement and many times in families you know that's unfortunately that's the last place we get encouragement sometimes Because family knows us, don't they? They know our faults. They know our weaknesses. They know where we've messed up. They know where we didn't do this right. We didn't do that right. And so sometimes, you know, in their, uh, you know, love to help us, they give us encouraging words like, you'll never amount to anything. (laughs) 
You're not going to make it. I knew you were going to blow it. Yeah, I knew you weren't going to make it in that business. I knew you were going to flunk out of school, whatever it might be. You know, maybe you were, were the recipient of some of that kind of encouragement growing up. You know, I'm sure our family members, they meant well, but what they did had the opposite effect to us. So as we travel through life together, we all have highs and lows, don't we? Anybody had any highs? Oh, yeah. I can think of a lot of them. But I've also had some lows, too. Isn't that right? And so as we, we do life together as family and friends and the family of God, we need to understand the power of encouragement. Now, let me just read you. I know we all know the, what the definition is, but I like to look it up because it just reinforces it. What does it mean to encourage? It means to inspire with courage. You know that you have the ability to inspire your family and and your brothers and sisters in the Lord. You have the the ability to inspire people with your words. Inspire them with courage. You know when you need courage is when you're facing a battle. I don't need courage when I'm down on the beach. (laughs) Hoo-hoo, soaking up the sun. That's not when I need. When do I need courage? Is when I'm facing a battle. When God tells you to be strong and be courageous, guess what you can know? There's a battle coming. God hasn't called us to be on a Christian cruise. We're in a battle. The Bible is very clear about that, isn't it? So, encourage means to inspire one another with courage, to, to give, uh, impart to people a spirit of confidence. You know, we all have to have confidence, don't we? To accomplish things in life. You ever seen somebody that was a very confident individual? Man, I, 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 I mean, I'm almost jealous when I see them. I think, wow, man, wouldn't it be great to just have that kind of confidence? I mean, you know, it almost borders on cockiness, but they're just confidence. You know, we, we have a son that's that way. He's just confident. He just exudes confidence. It doesn't matter what it is. He, I, he can do it. I can do it. But sometimes, you know, some of us, we need, especially if we faced a disappointment, if we've ever failed at something in life, we need encouraging words to what? To strengthen and inspire our confidence. It means to stimulate by assistance and by approval. To stimulate. We want to stimulate your faith. I want to stimulate your actions. I want to stimulate your confidence that you can Be what God says you can be. You can do what God says you can do. And you can have what God says you can have. Amen? So let's look over in Romans 12. I really believe that this is one of the most underutilized and undervalued spiritual gifts that the Bible talks about is this this encouragement, this gift of encouragement. You know, we all marvel at, you know, the gift of, uh, of healing or the gifts of miracles or to be able to prophesy or to do something like that. We think, wow, wow, wow. But this, but this gift of encouragement is tremendous in what it can do and what it can perform. And the good thing about this is, it's just like prayer and serving and giving, everyone can encourage somebody. And you ought to be encouraging you. I'm going to stimulate you to become an encourager, (laughs) okay, today, hopefully. Romans 12, verse 6, he says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, prophesy in accordance with your faith. And if it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. 
Give encouragement. You know it doesn't cost you a penny. It doesn't cost you a dime to encourage people. All it means is that what? Is that you will open your mouth and speak words that encourage. Don't speak words that discourage people. Man, listen, we hear enough of that. In the, you know, in the news, we hear enough of that, maybe at the workplace, depending on where you work. We hear enough of that as we go about our daily business in life. We hear enough of discouraging news, discouraging words. But you know what? We need to be people of encouragement. Amen? What was that old song, Home on the Range? Remember that? We're never as heard a discouraging word. That ought to be, that ought to be our theme song. We're just not, not going to speak words of discouragement. We're going to encourage one another. Amen? Encouragement is supernatural. It is a a spiritual gift. It's just as supernatural as the gift of healing. It has a powerful effect. Because when we speak out of our heart, a heart of encouragement, a heart of love, a heart of faith, we speak God's words, we speak words of encouragement, it has a supernatural effect on the minds and the hearts of those who hear it. Isn't that true? Man, you know this is true. If you've been around, you ever had somebody just, I mean, come against you and berate you and just beat you down with their words? Boy, don't tell me there's no power in them. Man, especially if it's somebody that, that you love, that you, you value, that you esteem them, it really hurts, doesn't it? And so we have the power to release words. And we're going to find out as we look here in our study, as we go along today, that words are containers. Every word has something in it. It has faith. Or it can have fear. It can have hope. Or it can have disappointment or despair. Our words are containers. And when we speak those words, those words, not only just what you can see in the English language, how the word is spelt and all that, but it actually has a spiritual component to it. And so it affects us either in a good way or in a bad way. One of the things that hope does is that what? It brings... It brings encourage. It bring, the encouraging words brings hope to us. Hope is absolutely essential as we walk out our life here on the earth, especially as believers. We need hope. Look over in in Hebrews chapter six. In one of the songs in our worship this morning, we talked about hope being the anchor of the soul, and that's one of my scriptures I'm going to refer to today. Hebrews six says, verse 17, because God wanted to make the unchangeable nature of His purpose very clear to us. You know what disappointment, I'm going to stop there a minute. God's purpose for us individually and corporately, it's unchangeable. What does disappointment and discouragement try to tell us? That God's purpose for us is not going to, it's not going to happen. It's changed. That somehow God is not going to do what He said He would do. He's not going to come through this time for you. You're not going to make it. You can't do what God says for you. It tries to distort and change the unchangeable purpose of God. Are you listening? You ever seen somebody discouraged? You ever been discouraged? Well, why were you discouraged? It didn't look like that God's will and God's promise and God's purpose was going to come to pass. And, of course, the devil's right there to confirm it, isn't he? 
Yeah, I told you. He's not going to do it for you. It's not going to happen this time. But he said God wanted to make his unchangeable, unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to us. He said, uh, uh, who are heirs to what was promised. And he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things by which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. Greatly encouraged. God's purpose is unchangeable for you. What he has spoken in his word, what he has spoken by his spirit to you in your, your prayer closet, in your times with God, it's his unchangeable purpose. And the circumstances that promote dis- discouragement and disappointment and disillusionment, they are temporary, they are lies, and we need to remember that, and we also need to encourage one another. God's promise is true. What God said to you is going to come to pass. God will bring, He will never let you down. God will bring you through. Amen? God is the God who keeps His promises. Sometimes circumstances have a way of contradicting that. And sometimes we all do it. We get our eyes on the storm instead of on Jesus. And just like Peter, we feel like we're sinking. That's when somebody can come along and encourage us. You're not sinking. You're going to walk on the water. Jesus has already gave the commandment. He said, come, I'm walking on the water. Breakthrough is in my future. Hope and encouragement. Amen. You know, the Bible says, uh, you don't have to look there. I just want to refer to it in Hebrews 12. It says, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And those witnesses spoken of in the Hebrews 11, that chapter of faith, they're there to what? Encourage us. I mean, it says that, that women received their, dead, their, their loved ones back from the dead. Boy, you can't get more final than dead, can you? When the promise looks like it's dead, when the purpose looks like it's dead, when what God told you looks like it's dead, it says that there's still a witnesses that tell us that by faith in God, you can receive a resurrection. Maybe that's what you need this morning. Well, I'm encouraging you. God specializes in resurrection. The whole gospel and redemption of Christianity is predicated on resurrection. And God hadn't forgot how to do it. <laughs> Amen? So we want to encourage one another, the gift of encouragement. I want to talk a little bit more about the power of your words. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. you probably know this scripture, says that life and death are in the power of our words. Wow. Say that with me. Wow. Now, when you really believe that, you will really put a bridle on your tongue. See, I think sometimes in the Christian circles, we believe that some of our words are life and some are death. But he said, the power of life and death is in the power of your tongue, the words that you're speaking. Now, let me just share something with you. Where you are today in your life, in your Christian walk, has a lot to do with what you've been saying. 
If you're not happy with what you've got, maybe you need to look at what you've been saying. What have you been speaking over your life? Now, sometimes, you know, it, it's strange. We're, human beings, we're, we're strange people. I've been living a long time, and I still don't understand humans, <laughs> including this one, <laughs> sometimes. But, you know, we can be the biggest encouragers sometimes of other people, but yet when we're alone in our private time, we just beat ourselves up with our words. You know those words you speak up here? All that self-talk that's going on during the week? You're talking to yourself? You're no good. You can't make it. God don't love you. It's too late. It's all over. It's not going to happen. Come on. All that junk that goes on up here. See, we've got to, what, change what we're saying and what we're saying to ourselves and what we're saying to other people. Proverbs 25 Verse 11 says this, it says that a word spoken in the right season, the right moment, is like an apples of gold in frames of silver. You know, gold and silver have to do with redemption in God. Gold is the glory of God. Silver is the redemption of God. We need to be speaking words to our brothers and sisters, and even those that are not Christians, we need to be speaking words of redemption. I get, I, listen, when I miss it, I don't need you to come pile on top of me. You know, when I fall down and on your way by, you give me a good swift kick for falling down. I need somebody to reach down with, if nothing else, with some words of redemption and say, you know what? You may have fallen, but you know what? God says that even if the righteous fall, they'll not be utterly cast down because He's going to lift you back up with His right hand of salvation. Amen. That God is the healer of the brokenhearted. That it's not too late for you. God is able to deliver you completely and fully. He's able to deliver your family. We need to have the right word at the right time for people that encourages them, that inspires their courage, that builds up their confidence. Amen? So they leave, you know. I, you know, I want you to leave this place, man. I want you to have a spring in your step you didn't have when you came. You go out and you encourage people about how big God is, how good God is, what God's able to do, what God's desiring to do. And His purpose has not changed. It's unchangeable. Amen? We are inspired. Our words that we speak. The Apostle James says in James 3, about verse 16, he says they're inspired either by heaven or by hell. I'm not just talking when somebody just lets loose and goes blankety blank, blank, blankety blank, blank. That's obvious. But also words that create fear. Words that create doubt. Words that steal people's hope. Words that put people down. Come on. Those kind of words. Those words are just as much inspired of hell as all those other words that we don't talk about. They're still inspired. Because, listen, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God will never say anything that will cause you to doubt. Anything that will cause you to be afraid or to be fearful. Are you listening? God says you can. Are you listening? He says you can. 
He says, you can do. He said, all the promises of God are yes and amen to you. All of them. God is no respecter of persons. So when we speak our words, we need to recognize what, what's inspiring these words I'm about to say. Amen. Is it doubt? Is it fear? Is it worry? Is it lack? Is it poverty? Is it a sickness mentality? Is it a defeatist, a failure mentality? Then just don't say them. Well, I just don't, I don't feel like, you know, when I say something like that, that's, that's not how I really feel. That's the time you need to say them. I said, that's the time you need to say them. When you feel like a failure, that's why what the time you need to say, my God always causes me to triumph. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. That's when you got to say it, is when you don't feel like it. We used to live in South Florida, you know, we used to say, if you don't like the weather, just wait a little bit, it'll change. And that's the way feelings are. Feelings, I mean, feelings are so moved by our environment, aren't they? Something, uh, an adverse circumstance, and all of a sudden we're feeling a different way. We hear some news somewhere, and all of a sudden our feelings go in a different direction. But you get a phone call and say, you just want a million dollars, and your feelings just go wild. You've won more than a million. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. So the next time your feelings are feeling opposite, then speak words to change your feelings. Words of faith, words of hope. Amen? Amen. Absolutely. Let's talk about the effects of your encouragement real quickly. Uh, the effects of your... Turn over to Hebrews. You're right there. Maybe still Hebrews. Hebrews 3. The effects of your encouragement. You know, I don't know if you all remember, sometimes I give away my age. I'm older than I look. That may be good or bad. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to encourage myself that it's good. But, you know, we used to have this saying, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. What a bunch of crap. <laughs> Excuse me for using that word in church. <laughs> That's not true, is it? Sure, they won't break your bones. They break something worse than that. They break your spirit. They break your dream. They break your hopes. Words are powerful. Let's don't fall for that. I, I got to believe that, the, you know, even though, you know, people with good intentions say that, I'm not saying they're moved by the devil, but I believe the origin had to come from the devil on that one because words do affect you. 3.13, notice what he says here, but encourage one another daily. Encourage one another daily. This is one thing that we need daily. Now, we know this a little bit. If you know anything about the gifts of the Spirit that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, that those spirits, don't, those, not all those gifts operate every day, do they? You know, the gifts of healing don't operate every day. The, uh, you may not prophesy every day. But here's the thing. He said, you can encourage one another. And he tells us we ought to encourage one another every day. So, you know, that tells me that the, what we receive from that encouraging word is like the Hebrews' manna. It's good for today. 
But tomorrow, I need to go out and get some more manna. I need to get some more encouragement. I was encouraged today, but I need encouragement for tomorrow when it gets here. You need encouragement for tomorrow. We need to encourage one another. He said daily, while it is called today, so that none of you may become hardened by sin's deceitfulness. What does sin tell you? You're no good. God don't love you. You're not going to make it. You're a failure. God's, God's not going to do what He said. You're too big of a failure for God to use. God's not going to save your family. Uh, sin's always wanting to lie to us, to deceive us, and to give, get us to give up our courage and our hope. The devil will use disappointment to lead to discouragement. Are you listening? He get, he, a disappointment leads to discouragement. And then the next thing you know... It will lead to what? Despair. If, it's, if you stay in it long enough. And that will lead you to hopelessness. You ever seen a hopeless person? Wow, it takes a whole lot of encouragement to dig them out of that pit, doesn't it? If you've ever been there, you know it takes a whole lot of encouragement to what? To get you up out of the pit. Isn't it better that we encourage one another daily before we get to the place of hopelessness or despair? And he said daily we need it. Why? Because we're in a spiritual battle every day. Every day you're facing circumstance. You're facing the enemy. We live in a fallen world. So we need to encourage one another every day. Man, I'm telling you. You know what? And I guarantee you this. People love to be around an encourager. Encouragement, the effects, some of the effects. It stimulates courage in the face of discouragement. It undergirds confidence in face of disappointment or delay. You ever had something? Have you, how many of you had God to speak a promise to you and you have, it's not there yet? Sure. You know what you need in the interim? You need some encouragement, don't you? God's not forgotten. You need, you need to persevere. You just need to add patience to what you're believing. God's going to bring it to pass. He said it. He will not lie. He does not lie. He's going to bring it to pass in your life. Amen. Amen. It imparts strength so that we can persevere in our doing well. Galatians 6, 9 says this is what? Do not become weary in well-doing. Well, God wouldn't warn us not to become weary if it was impossible to become weary. And sometimes even doing good, serving, praying, giving, witnessing, doing all those things that we're to do, sometimes that can become weary to us. Y'all looking at me so holy. <laughs> it can. And that's why we need to encourage one another. Encourage one another. And then finally, it has a purifying effect on us, a purifying effect upon one another when we encourage one another. Amen? That we can walk in the will of God. We can walk in the purpose of God. We can walk with the joy of God and the confidence of God and in the courage that we need what? to walk and finish our race strong. That's what God's called us to do. And we need one another. We're talking about the power of friends and family. And that power that each of us has is the power to encourage. 
And I want to challenge you and encourage you to, you know, excel in this. If you're already an encourager, good. But let's seek to excel in this. If this is an area where you need to work on, then work on encouraging. And the best place to start is right there in your home. Start encouraging your, your husband, your wife, your kids, your nieces, your, your nephews, your grandchildren. Encourage them. They come up to you with a dream. Don't go, oh, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. Well, thank you for shooting down their dream. You know, it only may be crazy because of our limited thinking. I mean, there was a guy named Joseph. He had a crazy dream one time. But, you know, at at the end, when they were all bowing down before him, who looks crazy now? Let's encourage one another. Let me give you some action points here. Are you battling disappointment or discouragement? Are you battling? If you are, listen, learn to encourage yourself. This book has all the encouragement you need. Get in the book. Oh, but I don't have time. Well, if you've got time to be discouraged, you've got time to be encouraged. Amen? And I promise you, out there in the world, there's very little encouragement. But there's all kinds of encouragement here. God's a God of encouragement. Amen? Secondly, seek to build strong relationships in the family of God. If, you, if you're battling discouragement, if you're battling disappointment, don't run from the family of God. Run to the family of God. Here at Passion Church, we're going to encourage you. We're going we're we're to give you God's Word. We're going to speak words of faith and love and encouragement. And, we're going to tell you to go for it. We'll help you. Amen. We'll pray with you. We'll help you any way we can. But we want, you know, be encouraged. It's when, remember I talked about, you know, you ever uh, use charcoal to grill. You know, when you start that charcoal fire up, you know, you got it all piled up. They're all burning there together. But if that piece of charcoal that inevitably always kind of gets to one side, it's not long before what? It just goes out, doesn't it? See, we need each other. And if you're facing disappointment and discouragement, listen, you need the family of God. You draw close to God, but draw close to your family too. Amen? And let me just say this, Passion Church, speaking to Passion Church now, don't you dare discourage somebody that comes in this place. Don't you dare. If you haven't got something good to say, then just don't say anything. Send them to me. I'll encourage them. And then thirdly, look for people to whom you can be an encourager. People at the office, they may not even be a believer, or they may be. But you can, look, you can tell people's countenance if you're at, at all sensitive and not so self-absorbed in your own problems. I mean, many times we're walking around, it's almost like we're looking at our feet because we're so wrapped up in what's happening with me and what's going on with me and all my problems and oh. That we, we, don't, we don't have a clue about anybody around us. But if you'll become sensitive and focus outwardly, the Holy Spirit will show you. And you can just see people's countenance. 
You don't have to preach them a big ser- sermon and give them the Romans road or the four spiritual laws. You can start by just encouraging them. You know, I, I, I just noticed you're kinda, your countenance is kind of down. Is anything going on? I just want you to know that, you know, uh, that it's going to be okay. You know, maybe if there's something I can pray about it, I, I'd, be, I'd love to pray with you. Or just, but just encourage them. You know what? God cares about you. God loves you. God has good plans for your life. Encourage people. You say, oh, I, I'm, I'm afraid of what people might say. Will you wimp? <laughs> Go back and read Hebrews 11. It says they were sawn asunder for the testimony of God. Nobody's going to cut you your head off with a sword. Nobody's going to put you in prison. You're worried that somebody's going to say something that's going to hurt your little old feelings. Oh, they hurt my feelings. Your feelings can be healed. Amen? But I think you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Norris, I am facing discouragement or disappointment and I need to be encouraged I need to be encouraged I want especially to pray for you so if that's you while heads are bowed eyes are closed would you just lift your hand I see that hand see it wow all over the place methinks we're in the right spot I want to pray for you if you would just keep your hand up as a a point of faith, and I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, you see the hands, and more importantly, you see the hearts and lives of all these people with their hands raised. And now, right now, you, the God of all hope, we look to you now. And I pray, Lord, for the encouraging work of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, I pray that the Word of God will rise up within my brothers and sisters. I pray that you send people across their path that will encourage them. I encourage them now. And I declare over your life that what God has said, it shall surely come to pass. God is not a man that he should lie. He said it. He will surely perform it in your life. And that God who has begun a good work in you. I don't care if you've, you've blown it. You've, you, uh, if you've missed it. You've failed. God who begun a good work in you will also finish and perfect those things concerning you. God, I thank you. Encourage my brothers and sisters right now. If it's concerning their lives. If it's concerning a family member. If it's concerning a relationship. Encourage them, O oh God, that you're not finished. Your unchangeable purpose in their life, you're still working. You're still working. Encourage them. Strengthen them by the spirit of might and power in the inner man. While heads are still bowed, if you're here this morning and you've never Come into a right relationship with God by putting your faith in Jesus. How do we come into a right relationship with God? It's very simple. The Bible says that all of us have sinned from the pastor on down. And none 
have worked righteousness in their lives by themselves. We fall short of God's righteous standard. But God has made a way for us. He sent His Son, Jesus, who went to a place called Calvary on a cross, and He shed His blood for the forgiveness of our sins and to bring us into right relationship with God. It is a free gift, but for a gift to benefit, it must be received. And how do we receive it? The Bible says if we will believe in our heart on the Lord Jesus Christ that He is the Son of God, that He paid the price for our sins, and we will confess with our mouth Jesus as our Lord, we will be saved, that is, forgiven and in right relationship with God. If you're here this morning and you need to come into right relationship, you've never done that, or maybe you've just... There was a time when you were close to God, but you're away from God. I want to include you in this prayer. I'm not going to ask you to say or do anything. I just want to pray for you. Would you just lift your hand, and I want to include you in this prayer. Take just a moment. Look around the building. I don't see a hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.